a playlist original. Hey guys, I'm Steven. I'm Giselle. And we are the Lover's Passport and welcome back to another episode of Unfiltered Adventures. This week we have a very special episode for you guys. We are bringing on Mana Travel, one of our good friends, Mana, who we've met back like what, three years ago now when we first started doing our travel content creation around the same time in 2020. And we're going to have some fun conversations with her. All right, let's get this started. All right, so today we have a very special guest. We've gone on actually quite a few trips with her. I'm sure you've heard us talk about her on the podcast as well. We have Mana on our show today. Welcome to the Unfiltered Adventures. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I know we were actually like our first, I think, creator that we met in real life on like a trip because we planned that whole Washington trip a while back. And I feel like that was the first time we were like, oh, we're meeting people from the internet. We're we're flying somewhere and actually going on a trip with someone. What? And I remember like that was one of our first unfiltered adventure stories, too, because we got caught in that crazy rainstorm driving out there you're like I can't drive anymore Steven you're gonna have to do this yeah and it was like all the things that they say don't do like don't meet strangers in the internet don't go to the <laughs> park and like, like we literally in did the middle all of the woods in the middle in of the, the middle night of the <laughs> exactly it, goes. Like, it was amazing it was awesome <laughs> well I'm glad um you trusted us to not be serial killers um yeah. yeah and Mana's also one of the first people we ever followed I think we followed you and we didn't even have like a couple hundred followers yet so yeah we were Mana's tiny OG <laughs> I feel <laughs> like you and through the lens those were like the first two people I feel like we really like started to connect with on social media or like DM or like always oh Mana posted did you see what she did <laughs> like I feel like we'd always chat about you guys yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Back when I was in Mazda Travel and like, I remember it was crazy because we were starting our journeys like at the exact same time. And like every step that we took, like considering leaving corporate or considering leaving our jobs and then taking it, like everything has happened at the same time too, which is so cool to have people sort of like on this unconventional career path with you. Totally. And for, if you guys didn't catch that, Mana is now Mana Travel on all yes. of our social platforms. She started as Maza travel. So if you kind of want to delve into that, let's let's get started. I called on... you Maza, I think, for like the first two days Steve that we met you. <laughs> the longest time, and she kept correcting him, and he could not remember for the life of so him. Bad. But basically, we'll we'll let you tell the story. But she did a whole rebrand recently. I did, yeah. So I basically I started this whole Instagram page anonymously because I was working my corporate job, and like in that whole like STEM field, there's so much judgment off of like creative pursuits sort of so I was doing it all on the side all like secretly I didn't want anyone to know I knew to find me so I made this like totally anonymous it doesn't mean anything brand name that just like a little kid who was at a school that I worked at one time called me like Maza like because he couldn't pronounce Mana correctly and so that became my brand name my email name like my business name everything And I even would go by that name, like for the first year, I think of running this Maza travel account, like everyone was calling me Maza. I was just going with it. And then I think eventually (laughs) you guys were the first ones that told me like, what does this mean? Like you should change it. (laughs) (laughs) I am very blunt forms of advice. You guys are basically like, wait, so what does it mean? It's it's not your name, right? Like you you should change it. (laughs) 
I feel like we have another friend. I, I don't know if you know him, Rio Traveler. So they, their name was, Rio, they're not Rio, but that was his old company. So like made sets. That was like their whole brand that he'd done before. So I feel like that I was, I don't know. I was, I was expecting like, what does M-A-Z-A stand for? What wasn't your name? <laughs> no, it was a completely made up anonymous name. And then this year is sort of in line with like, the advice you guys had given me and also just like stepping more into like taking it full time and really owning who I am and owning like the meanings behind my name too that I really like like it meant life force and a lot of the things that I try to get through my content and so finally did a full rebranding at the beginning of this year and have felt more in alignment with who I am and having my real name out there too has been really cool. So that's kind of how you started. And as you said, you've really come into your like self and your brand this year. When did you actually start doing travel photography? Like, was that pre-COVID? I, I know you've put some like little throwbacks up on your story and things like that. And, and what made you really want to get into like travel content creation in particular? Yeah. So I've loved like traveling my whole life. Like basically my mom, like she always, like she was a single mom, like raised us. And like, she always like told us like, save your money. So when you get older, like you can travel, like that's such a dream, like go be able to travel. And she's also the one that really inspired my love for the outdoors. So she took me on my first long hike, like really introduced me to loving the outdoors and travel. So it was always something that I was like passionate about growing up. Um, And then in college, I would go on a lot of hikes and adventures with friends, like really whoever was down, like I went to school at Virginia Tech in the mountains, it was very, very beautiful there. And, and we would just go on like spontaneous hikes, whatever, but it was something I always did on the side, like I didn't know it was something that I could pursue full time and make money from and inspire people. And then it was after I graduated from college, started working at this corporate job at a prestigious consulting firm and just felt my soul dying because it was just sitting behind a computer all day. And, and then one day I was just scrolling on Instagram and I came across Marie Faye and Jake Snow and they just popped up on my Explorer feed. And I was like, oh my gosh, who are these people? Immediately dived into their entire story, learned as much as I could about what they were doing, bought their presets edited like 10 of my favorite travel photos and just posted it on this brand new page. And that basically started, that was spring of 2019 when I just started like posting things anonymously, started posting motivational captions. And then that really motivated me to just start going on like local and weekend adventures. And so I would just go on hikes like around Virginia. And then I would take like quick weekend flights to like BAM for Glacier, like really like that weekend warrior lifestyle, like fitting in as much as I could whenever I could. Um, Because I just, I loved it so much, like bought my first camera, completely taught myself how to use manual photo mode and everything. Like I loved it so, so much. And then it was 2020 when I started taking it more seriously, I found Tony Robbins courses and everything. And those really inspired me to just truly pursue my passion and truly look at what I was really interested in, in following. And I found that it was this trial photography and sort of like the motivation mindset space. And so I enrolled in Lost LeBlanc's course, Lost Creator Academy. And that really taught me everything that I needed to know about the photo, video and business side of it all. And within one year, was able to surpass my corporate income and take it full time, which was just mind blowing and very, very exciting. (laughs) It's fascinating listening to you explain it, too, because our origin stories of like how we're doing this are almost exactly the same. Like you started about like a year before we did. But otherwise, like we literally Marie, Marie and Jake were same thing. They came up on my feed. And it's so wild to think like, wow, one person or like one couple 
could have that crazy impact. They can plant that seed in your head. And then all of a sudden we're both here doing this travel content creation thing full time. And like the less lesser period of two to three years, like that's crazy. I, I didn't <laughs> know that you, Marie and Jake was the reason that you wanted to start too. That's so interesting. Like it's, it's interesting how one person, like seeing how they grew and how they got to where they are. They're like, Oh, I can kind of do this too, because I had no idea that was like even possible. Even when G was telling me, I was like, Oh yeah, that's, that's kind of, I don't know if that's a thing or I remember we had like slow start to a uh, very slow. <laughs> like I preserved all of our usernames and stuff in January of 2020, but we didn't actually start like posting on it regularly until I think March or April. And that's when we bought our first camera in April of 2020. Steven got our stimulus check and was like, what do I do with it? Oh, I'm buying a camera. <laughs> and that's kind of how we started. So, um, yeah, it, it, I know some people like definitely question it. Cause they're like, Oh, what, what's this Instagram thing? And I know you had mentioned previously to us, like your friends and family didn't really know what, what you were doing. Right. Like that's totally new. Cause that they were very supportive of us, like our, our friends and family. But when you like got into this and started really getting traction and stuff, was that a little more difficult? Cause you didn't have like that peer group that really knew what you were doing or yeah, totally. It was like, especially from the Washington DC area, because it's very much like a sort of like boxed mindset of following one career path, working typically for the government in a consulting role. Like it's very, very much a bubble here. And it's not very much encouraged to pursue things outside of that. So what I was doing, especially in this creative social media state space was just so out of the box. And so like, oh, what are you doing? And like cringe, like, what is that? And so towards the whole, the beginning of the journey, I was very much alone. Like I, I didn't tell anyone. And then it started popping up on people's suggested feeds and people from my school and high school in the past. And I discovered (laughs) they started discovering me and they'd be like, Oh, Hey, is this you? And all these things. And I didn't really feel any sort of community until I started finding like people like you guys, like all the way across the United States who I resonated with so much, who had this like similar passion and drive and like want to explore and like explore more of life. And then also through the Lost Creator Academy, like the friends that I met through that academy as well, it really like became this virtual community of people that I started connecting with and meeting and realizing that, oh, I'm not alone and I'm not the only one who feels this way. And then it was really cool to be able to all meet up in person too, and just relate so much because we've already built this sort of like online relationship. (laughs) The online dating. Yes. I think it's funny because what you're talking about, we're like, obviously we're from California. If you guys uh, listening don't know, but we, we were in West Virginia earlier this year and we flew into Dulles, if that's even how you say it immediately. It's like, we're surrounded by everyone on the little, like people mover and they're all like talking about how they went to Cambridge for their holiday and are doing this research for their engineering job. And then this other person's talking about like their doctorate and blah, blah, blah. And I was, and you know, like I graduated in the top 1% of my class in college. Like I could have gone that route if I wanted to, but we just landed and we're like, we do not belong here. (laughs) Like that, not at all. Everyone was so like, so posh what posh and like oh well you did that well I did this and like <laughs> we immediately I was like how do people do that and it's she looked at me and was like who are we surrounded by right now we're in like our old smelly hiking clothes after a road trip we're <laughs> like know. getting ready to fly back <laughs> but yeah it was just funny because there's such a I don't know if it's like not an ego but like a essence to those people and it's funny because I almost went to college in DC and took that route too so 
it's wild to see what your life can be like if you just like randomly took a different path. Yes. Have yes. you ever go on trips with your hometown friends or is it mostly like um, meeting up with people while you're on your adventures? Because I've seen you did like a full road trip. I mean, world, world trip. trip and you met up with like lost the blanc type of people and different places. I saw you met a ton of other creators on your trip as well. Do you see yourself going on a lot more creator trips these days or do you ever go on like trips with your hometown friends? Yeah, honestly, like these days, what I've found resonates more with me. Like I definitely still value the friendships and relationships that I still that I have from home. But just mindset wise, like you said, like what you guys picked up on here, it is very much a bubble. And it's something that doesn't resonate with me as much in this phase of life. And so I've loved being able to meet up with creators and other people who are pursuing because I think it takes a special amount of courage of people to leave sort of that conventional lifestyle behind and pursue this new direction of life. And so I've loved meeting up with other creators like all around the world of people who are pursuing their passions and that sort of spark of when you get to meet up and then you're just, you align so much because you have these shared experiences of pursuing your passions and doing something scary and putting yourself out there. And then also like meeting people in new places is so cool because you're like, oh, are you going to get along or whatever? But you have these travel experiences that bond you so quickly. And so I've I've absolutely loved meeting with creators all around. I'm going to say, even if it's like a limited amount of time, I feel like you get so much more out of a friendship when you travel with someone. Like for those you of you- You learned so much about a person. <laughs> yeah, no, sure. And like Mana just recently came back from our Switzerland trip with us. So that will be our- uh, that was our previous that episode. Was our, that was previous episode prior to this one. So if you guys didn't listen to that, go head on over and listen to that after this episode. But um, when you spend a week in a van going around Switzerland, when you know you don't know some other people, perhaps like I mean, you had just met when your driver you doesn't even know how to drive yet. manual. I mean, come on, who would ever? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, Steven's like driving around in circles in the parking lot. Mana's in the back of the van trying not to throw up. It's like, <laughs> I think it was lap like 10 to 15, with which by the way, I give you major credits on learning. <laughs> like that takes a lot, but also like I get motion sickness. So I think it was like lap 12 of going in circles in the van. And I was like, guys, if there are a couple more laps, is it okay if I step out? <laughs> <laughs> but it's hard because like, that's something too I feel like or I think I was watching your stories and people were asking for a little bit more reality behind all of you know your beautiful posts from your world trip and that's another point of this podcast is the reality behind it like motion sickness is something I deal with all the time when traveling so like I think it's honestly funny too because I'd say 80% of female content creators that I have met also get motion sickness and nobody talks about it and I always felt so like I would Weird. say 100% of people we meet almost. Yeah, no. And I always felt like it was such a stigma, like how ironic that I travel for a living and I get like sick all the time because I do it. But yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's the ultimate curse on a traveler that like your job is to travel and be in motion. And then the act of being in motion makes you sick. So it's like, oh, you really got to want it. <laughs> yeah. I travel with nausea bands now and that definitely yeah. makes a difference for anyone that also goes through this. But I always thought I was weird because before I met other travel creators, I was like, Huh, I must just have like weird stomach problems. I don't know, but yeah, well, hot topic. <laughs> you've been game. doing a ton of travel recently solo. How's it been doing like the whole working by yourself, traveling by yourself? I don't know if I could like, we talk about it all the time. I don't know if there's any way we'd be as successful with 
pictures, with growth, with anything. If it was just one of us or even both of us having separate accounts, it's like, I don't know how people do it. So I'm always and interested. Yeah. All alone, doing your thing and inspiring a ton of people. So like, what's your, what's your process? You know, how do you go about that? Totally. Yeah. So it's definitely something that I'm still like adjusting to and finding what works for me as it's like a very new chapter for me. Like I, for everyone who doesn't know, became single and got out of a long-term relationship in May. But basically like on that question of like, is solo travel lonely or how has it been? I found that it's actually like the least lonely thing because I feel like I have to make more of an intention to be alone than before. Cause at least I feel like when I was in a relationship, like people wouldn't approach as much versus like when you see a solo traveler out there. Um, and it's also, I think almost forced me into a position where I reach out to people more and find myself like stepping further outside of my comfort zone. Um, and that like one piece of it has been meeting up with other creators. So it's been really cool to be able to collaborate with other creators and sort of create together. So I feel like it's helped me grow as a creator because I've had to learn how to sort of explain like the type of photo or video or shot that I'm looking for when creating with others. And I also think it's really cool, like creating with other creators because we all like go to the same place, but create something in our own style. And so that's been really fun to like experiment with people in that way. But then as far as the back end of like the business, because a lot of people, what you see on social media is you see the final the result. Highlight reel, photo, yeah. The highlight reel. Yeah. But there's so much that goes on in the back end of it with negotiating with brands, with editing content and like everything in the back end that's been something that I've been, so I think it's a lot of like discipline that I like root back on. A lot of people think that, oh, you just need the creative side, but you also need a lot of like that business discipline and like acumen to make something like this work. And so I've been setting up like systems for my business, like basically like breaking down my time, like the whole 80, 20 rule and everything, like all the things that I've learned from the Tony Robbins master university, like that stuff really has been so game-changing me for me for setting up these systems in the background to sort of like keep things running. And then also trying to create sort of a schedule of how often I'm traveling versus coming home and actually editing and processing the content. So I found I'm the type of person, and I think you guys can probably relate of like wanting to do everything and like go, go, go all the time. But I've also found that I need to give myself like the space to pause and like edit and process the content and be, a, be able to tell stories from it. And also like make sure that I have full energy for going into the next adventure. So it's definitely something I'm still experimenting with, like what forms of it work for me, but also outsourcing. I just hired a video editor and nice. game changing. <laughs> That's something that took us a long time to learn. Like we just outsourced our website. Um, we actually haven't had an outside yet. We have a new website. Woohoo. Um, but yeah. yeah, it took so long to like, actually be like, Oh no, like I'm going to do it myself. I can do it when I have time. And I just kept putting it back and back. And then we hired a web developer to redo our website. And I was like, wow, I should have done this so long ago. It was so helpful to streamline everything. So I'm glad that you got an editor. I hope that it makes your life easier. So much better. Like I realized I was sitting on two months of footage from basically my Europe nonstop travels. 
and like so many vlogs, people were asking for travel tips. And I just realized I wasn't getting myself to sit there and edit a vlog for six hours. And then I went on Fiverr one day, like read a bunch of reviews for editors, hired this guy. And I have been so happy with the edits, like just to go in and like know that something's running in the background and then you can show up and give feedback and like move it forward has been just mind blowing for me. I would strongly recommend it. I'm going to say we're sitting on um, so YouTube videos all the way back from travels to March. So we're oh. like almost what eight months behind on our YouTube videos, but that's, that's hopefully something we're going to grow next year. Like we're, we're really happy with where we're at on like Instagram and TikTok and stuff right now. And next year we're hopefully moving towards a lot more development of our long, longer form evergreen content. So like our YouTube and, and blog, cause we really both love video and I love writing. So, um, yeah, Fiber. I've, I've never thought about fiber. That's a, I've always looked for like recommendations or other things, but that's video editors can be so expensive. So it, especially for us on YouTube, it's like, is it worth the amount that's coming in to push that? Like, I feel like maybe at a certain point we'll get one, but we'll see. Maybe. Do you find, cause I know YouTube's not your biggest platform. Do you find that is like one that is filling your like creativity cup or like what platform are you enjoying the most right now? Yeah. So that's a great question. So Instagram is my favorite one. Like it's definitely the one that I feel like comes most naturally to me. Like I love being able to have a community and build a community on Instagram and the connections there feel the most authentic and real for me. Like I love, of love Instagram, but I will say from like a brand and business perspective, I think the biggest deals and packages I've gotten have come because I have a YouTube channel as well. Really? Huh. Yeah. Like that's fascinating. United Chase deal that I did last year was like a huge part of it was that YouTube video creation as well. Huh. Even though it's my smallest audience, I think it it really is for like the most invested community members can go over to the YouTube blog and like really get a lot of information from it. And so, yeah, that's like, it's so crazy to me, but it's been really, really rewarding in that aspect that like a lot of brands really do look out for it even if it's not like a massive audience, yeah. because I feel like on YouTube, each subscription means so much more than like the other platforms, because it is like long form, like people are watching 10, 20 minute videos and really just getting to know you and like really trusting your recommendations on a deeper level. Yeah, definitely. We noticed that with our blog too. Like yeah. that's probably, we sell, we sell more blogs to like our clients than we do YouTube videos per se. But some of our YouTube videos that we just like made while we were on trips for clients, like they go off and we only have like, I think we have 15,000 or 16,000 YouTube subscribers. And we haven't really been great about posting this year. Um, but the videos are just like, it's such an untapped thing for us where we're like oh wow we could really scale this if we actually had the time and and everything and Steven's just got like he's he so if you guys don't know our like workflow process before Steven does all of our video stuff and I do all of our photo stuff so we only can put out as much as possible we're posting reels every single day for 365 days in a row so that ends November 26 less than a month less ago 26 days for Steven left and then we could get more YouTube content so that'll be exciting. Yes, definitely. And it's, it's also cool. Cause it's long, like the content stays there. It's evergreen. So it's like videos that I posted from 2020 are just now popping off for fall. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. Wow, I that. noticed that too. <laughs> like our new Hampshire one, if you guys don't know too, Mano was on our new Hampshire trip last year, go check out yeah. that video on our YouTube and go check out her video on it too. Um, 
yeah, they're all so seasonal. It's really fascinating to like look at the data analytics. I feel like that's something too that a lot of people don't talk about is that everyone who's really successful that started around the same time we did is super into data and yes. like looking at analytics and stats and things like that. That's like the nerdy side. I love doing that. Steven's kind of just like, yeah, show me your spreadsheet, whatever. But <laughs> oh my I gosh, think it's yes. fascinating. Yes. And it's a huge part of it. And it's crazy that you say that because just yesterday, my founding like founding person from my degree program so my degree is in computational modeling and data analytics very very nerdy but the founding person of my degree program actually just reached out asking to highlight me on their website because I took a more like unconventional career path than the normal data paths people take but I really I told them I was like I feel like this data background helps me a lot in understanding social media and algorithms and posting better content, like basically knowing what works well and understanding the algorithms. I think that's definitely a huge thing. I totally forgot you had a degree in that too. It's that's, so nerdy. It's like, no. <laughs> but like we did our content creator conference earlier this year, back in like February and every single person that was on it, like Chaz and the other side vlog, we've had them on the podcast too. Everyone's like super into looking at data. So I don't know. I think it's always fascinating because we chat, like everyone we meet that started has some sort of background that helped them get to where they are now, like in the creator sphere. Mine was my marketing background. Yours is your like stats background. Some people worked on like influencer marketing before PR before like, I don't know how Taekwondo has really helped me, but you know, <laughs> it's just, it's just like, like camera because like, he teaches. Discipline, yeah. Like even like the discipline is huge. Like your discipline is unmatched. Like, I don't think I've ever seen someone with <laughs> discipline. Not only in, in, like his editing and stuff too but like discipline on our trip to you guys like steven is the ultimate dad when we go traveling and now that i have somebody else who's traveled with us again on the podcast like monica can attest like steven is the 5 a.m driver wake up get everyone ready for breakfast gently no, not ready. gently waking up kind of i feel like that's <laughs> that one morning in switzerland where we accidentally drove and i'm we not gonna say i'm not we're, we're not gonna say where but i accidentally drove into a city that you're not supposed to drive into because it was at night i didn't see the sign saying no cars allowed here language, so we drive in and i'm like looking for parking i'm like where should we go i don't know so i pull over and i'm like excuse me sir where did you park your car and he's like there's no there's no cars allowed in the city and i was like what and he was like, yeah. So I asked another person, I was like, that guy's crazy. And he was like, oh yeah, no cars in the city. You're going to get fined $500. And I was like, <gasps> and at this point, everyone was asleep in the back of the van. So I opened the door and I'm like, all right, guys, two minutes, everyone out. And everyone was like, what the fuck? The best crazy. part of that was Carly's face. Like Carly <laughs> literally, like Steven said, two minutes, guys, get out, get ready for the day. It wasn't even just like, like, just like a couple minutes. It was get ready for the day. <laughs> Her face was like, there's no way. Like this is... <laughs> I think it was the first life. morning too. Yeah. Yep. And that is where you find out which friends you could travel. <laughs> yes. yes. Our trips are always a little more crazy though. Like I feel like we bring the bad weather. We bring the very early mornings to very late nights because we like to go, go, go. But I mean, we get we always have some really good stories, I feel like, from that. So and that's why we started this podcast to talk about all those crazy stories. Exactly. Do you do you have one that stands out in your mind from your travels of like a crazy thing that happened while you're traveling or something that went like super wrong? 
Oof, yes. The biggest one that stands out to me is my near-death experience in Bali, Indonesia earlier this year, my motorbike accident. I had never been in an accident before in my life. And that one for me was just, definitely, definitely stands out. (laughs) You want to, got to give the the, the listeners a little backstory. Have you even been to Bali if you didn't get in a motorbike accident though? (laughs) We have never been to Bali, but we know that you're bound to get in a motorbike. One of our favorite YouTubers, Nicholas Crystal, he just Um, posted and he was like, oh yeah, guys, I can't, I can barely walk. I broke my leg, my arm. I almost died. And we were like, wait, what? trend. Yeah, it was, what's actually crazy is that I was at like a friend's birthday party the weekend before. I think it was a Saturday night in Bali just talking to some creator friends and they were like oh you haven't been in a motorbike accident yet it's gonna happen soon and then why why did you just jinx me and the accident (laughs) I'm not kidding happened the Monday morning and so I was like dude why why'd you do this but basically when I saw the motorbikes in Bali I was like there's no way I'm getting on one these look so dangerous like I'm not it's not happening but when you get there it really is the easiest and most convenient way to go around so I was like, okay, I'm only going to go like a couple miles circumference, like stay close by to where I live. I was in a central area. Anyways, it was a beautiful sunny morning. I was going to a cafe to meet up with a friend for I think breakfast and then just riding my motorbike. There was a gust of wind and then this electricity wire off the side of the road, like swoops in front of my neck and like basically starts pulling me backwards as I'm going forward still on this motorbike. Next thing I knew I blacked out and then I smashed into this cement wall, hit the ground with my head and my hand. And the only thing that happened is I broke my thumb and I had a few scratches. I just can't, it blows my mind every time I picture like this is like a James Bond movie scene where you see something happen. You're like, Oh shoot, that that was a crazy stunt, but you did it in real life. (laughs) I don't know how that wire got off my neck. Like I'm so grateful that it wasn't charged or anything, you know, but it was just, and then like a group of people rushed up to me. Like they were helping someone called my friend, Susan gypsy and sneakers, who I was going to meet at the cafe. She's Bali queen. Like her Bali content is the best. Um, And then she came and picked me up and actually took me to the hospital on a motorbike. Oh my gosh. gosh. I would have PTSD. I'd be like, get me off this thing. That's crazy. Does no one in Bali drive cars? Is motorbikes just the way to do it? Cheaper, no? There are. Yeah, it's a lot cheaper. And it's also like the traffic there is so crazy. So the motorbikes sort of like weave in and out of traffic. But basically, the one thing I will say from that is that the helmet saved my life. So if you are going to ride a motorbike in Bali, wear a helmet because it did save my life. (laughs) Good to know. Good to know. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully uh, you'll never have to find yourself in that uh, situation. But (laughs) after this whole that after that whole event, I feel like is that when your content started to switch from not that you don't do travel content anymore, but I feel like you really transitioned into like the motivation and inspirational content. Is that where you think that you had like a nice pivot? Or did you think that you always started with like the motivation and inspiration content? Yeah. So for me, it basically came a little bit of it started last year when I was living in Hawaii. I absolutely loved living there and I was a travel page. So I wanted to inspire people to travel and experience more of the world. But as you guys know, traveling in Hawaii is tricky because of all the relations with the locals and protecting the land and everything, which I very much wanted to be respectful of. So I was like, okay, how do I still provide value as a travel creator wherein I can't really post about places to travel to? And so that's sort 
sort of when I started switching to still posting these inspiring travel photos, but also including a little bit of like motivation and inspiration and these things that really spoke to me and really helped me get myself out of my old corporate job and sort of like ex escape that mold and build this new life. And so I think pieces of it started from there. And then a really huge part of it also came in the spring with this accident and then with the breakup and just my grandma died, like so many life changes happened at once sort of that this motivation and mindset space was really, really helpful for me. And I started turning a lot to like all these motivational speakers that I was really looking up to a lot of podcasts and movies. And so I started posting more of that and found that it was really resonating with the audience that I was talking to. And so, yeah, that, I think that is sort of where I started to post more of that. And it's something that I'm really passionate about as well, like building that into sort of the travel space. And yeah, I don't really know where I want it to go, but I know that it's, I, I love it so much. It's going, yeah, it's clearly working. Um, And so out of all these like podcasts and conferences and Tony Robbins events and things like that, if you could take every one of those experiences and kind of consolidate it down to those listening that kind of want to like follow in your footsteps and do this kind of inspirational travel kind of content. Do you have any advice for those people? Yeah, I think so. The biggest thing for me would be that starting at the beginning, like we were talking about, like we saw creators like Marie Faye and Jake Snow who were already out there and so successful. And you're like, well, is there room for new creators? Is there room for new people? It's all these people are already so successful. But the biggest advice I think I would give to people is that there is room for you because your story and your way of sharing it will resonate with someone in a way that that successful person's story who's already out there can't. And so it would just be getting rid of sort of those limiting beliefs, the things that you have inside your own head that you make up that are holding yourself back and know that your story will inspire someone and, and like your story is necessary. So yeah. I think that's totally, that's something we, we tell our like people on Patreon all the time is like, just because there's so many different travel creators, first of all, you think there's a lot. And then you realize like actually just how small the community is. Once you join it, like I used to think like, oh, there must be hundreds of thousands out there. But really, if you're looking at your unique, like even just where you're located, like there's not many travel creators in California, for example. I got I, asked to recommend travel creators in California and we were like, struggling. Like, I was like, here besides like X, Y, and Z, like we could name less than 10. So wow. even then, even like just starting at something as basic as where you're based, then like going into your personal experiences and like how you view the world as a person and your like, even your gender and, and, and things like that, like so many different varieties of options for creating content that are untapped and unheard. Yes, totally. And like, even like I, my ethnicity is Iranian. I'm Iranian American. I don't know a single other Iranian creator. And like so many Iranians will message me and be like, Hey, it's so cool to see you doing this because there's also a lot of that expectation for like people like Iranian people who move here that like, you have to be a doctor or a lawyer or engineer. And that's the only way you're successful. But like, I don't know a single other, like barely any other Middle Eastern creators, you know? So it, you're so right. Like it is smaller than people think it is. Yeah. And I think that's why we started to, was to like prove the point, like, Hey, you can do it with your significant other. It doesn't just have to be like, you know, single people out there going hiking with friends and things. And, and also you can do it on the weekends. You can do it on a budget. Like we got super, super niche when we first started and then obviously branched out a little bit more these days, but, um, just showcasing that there's like a different way to do it 
I think is super inspiring to a lot of people. Who do you, who do you look up to for a lot of your inspiration? Do you, is it still Marie and Jake? Has it transitioned a little bit? No, I would say now it's, so I've been really inspired by Chelsea Kawaii and Renee Roaming at the beginning were really, really huge inspirations for me to, for like Renee very much in the outdoor nature space. Like I love her content. I love how genuine she is as a person. And then Chelsea very much for her creativity. And of course, like she lived in Hawaii, which was so inspiring to me, her free diving and hiking, like all of her adventures there are so, so inspiring. But then also something I was looking at recently, and I was talking to, I think it was Michelle from The Wandering Queen recently, and I was talking about how I wanted to make this mood board for like what I wanted the next two months to look like. And I was looking around at other creators, trying to get inspiration from places. And I realized there wasn't really like a mold, if you'll do, if you'll say for like where I wanted to head and I realized that we're sort of in that position now where we can like create that inspiration like really be the ones to like create this totally new space which I thought was so so cool because I don't know very much like Nicholas Crystal his YouTube videos inspire me so much but like for a female who's doing that sort of like travel and mindset and motivation space like I haven't really found one I mean there's like Mm -hmm. Aggie and Sorella Moore but they're like, you know, they're like top, top, they're like crushing it. And so, yeah, they sort of inspire me, but I feel like it's sort of a new space that I want to head into that, that I haven't really found anyone who's doing exactly that yet. I think that's super rad. I think that's where you'll, you'll be really successful too. Cause that gap in the market that you capitalize on that. And I'm sure the the people will follow. G was saying that, I think we were on a road trip the other day and I forget how you came up somehow but she was like you know ma- no like I feel like we meet a lot of people and they're like oh that person reminds me of this person or one of our <laughs> friends and she was like Mana reminds me of no one like, she's her Mana. own she was like she is her own person oh there is no it was very very fun so I feel like especially if that's where you're trying to go there's like a huge place for it and we <laughs> I, we see talk to so many people on the podcast or I meet thousands of people through my job. We both travel all over the place. And I think that definitely where you're going, there's not not a lot of people in that space. It's either like very left or very right. And I feel like you're trying to go right in the middle between that travel sphere. I compare it to like movie scripts. Like when people are pitching new movies, they're like, oh, it's a mix of this movie and this movie. And that's how you get this movie. And you can't find, I, I think that's kind of how I was describing it. And then I was like, oh, this person, this person, like, no, there's no two people to combine it. So I think if you guys want to know what we're talking about, go check out Mana's stuff. Um, You will notice it right away. I'm but, blushing. Thank you. I'm like actually blushing. Thank you guys so much. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, I, I forgot I talked about that, but. All right. Well, I do have another question. So you've been all over the place. You did your big world trip on that world trip or even now, what was your favorite country you visited? And what was your least favorite country you visited between all those? I have a hunch for your least favorite. (laughs) You know, yes. But I'll start with my favorite one. I think Patagonia for me was my favorite, not only because the landscapes and the nature and the mountains there are so beautiful and striking, but also because of what that trip was for me. So it was also, I got COVID in Patagonia as well, which was ironic to me because Chile's testing requirements were stricter than any other place I'd been to. And then I got it in Chile. I was going to say, did you do the Chilean side and the Argentinian side or just the Chilean side? 
No, just the Chile side because the border was still closed and it would have been like a five hour flight up to Buenos Aires just to fly back to go to the Argentina side. So mm. sadly, I haven't done it yet, but would love to do that side one day. But also Patagonia was so amazing because of the experiences with the different hotels I worked with there were just so mind blowing. And it really showed me like what's possible and sort of was elevating to a new level in like my business and in the projects I was doing and the work I was doing for different clients. And then also like hiking one of the hardest hikes in Patagonia, like the three peaks hike with COVID, which I didn't know at the time was COVID. I thought my body was just so exhausted because I remember the day came it was a beautiful sunny day to go for this hike and I had like body chills my I was just exhausted like I had a headache and I was like I googled it and I was like oh I guess these are signs of exhaustion like I've been hiking too much like my body's just exhausted turns out it was COVID and I did sounds familiar yeah I got it hike or snowshoeing through Sequoia we snowshoed 11 miles and I thought I was just tired I looked yeah. at her and I was like it's just the elevation you'll be fine <laughs> relax like calm down <laughs> yeah exactly yeah I was like oh man but like getting to the top of that hike with all of that that I was feeling in my body really showed me it was a huge mental battle too of just how capable we are as humans and like how it's so much of mind over matter because my body was quite literally so sick with the global pandemic virus but like I was able to do that hike so that was my favorite for all those reasons and also the culture of Chile the nature in Patagonia the animals there absolutely beautiful my least favorite and said as respectfully as possible was Brazil (laughs) I knew it Um, I think it may have been a combination of the time that we traveled there, but it was basically March of 2022. So March of this year, um, a lot of the countries had just started opening up Brazil, like Rio de Janeiro specifically had just opened up to tourists after a long pandemic, like a long period of difficult times of people traveling there. And I didn't feel safe there, like even traveling there with a man, like I definitely wouldn't have felt safe there as a solo female traveler, but even in like with a partner, I didn't feel safe. And I think it's definitely one of those places that requires like experienced travel. Like it's not a good like first, yeah, 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 not a good beginner destination. Um, But also just like felt it was a little overrated. Like I I just wasn't that blown away by it, but that was my, my personal opinion. We're hoping, (laughs) we're hoping to go to Brazil, at least for like a day or two on the way down to Patagonia, like stop there. Mm -hmm. I think that, or at least both sides of that, but my dream, I used to work for the Belmont, like the Belmont hotel brand up in Santa Barbara. And they have a property in Aguazi Falls. Like it's the only hotel in that whole area. And like, that would be a dream. Stay there yeah. for a night, go photograph the falls. I don't know. Yes. But- yeah. Iguazu is amazing. And there are so many other parts of Brazil that are probably fantastic. Like I love to experience the Amazon, all these things, but like Rio de Janeiro for me specifically, was just not a good experience. And I feel like it's okay to share that too, because I totally. feel like you can't love everywhere that you go. You know, I feel like that it's not that authentic to be like, I absolutely loved everywhere. Like for me yeah. personally, in my style of travel, it, it didn't hit. <laughs> we have a few of those too. We didn't do as much international travel this year. We did a lot of states travel, but we definitely have a few favorite states and a few least favorite states. That episode that, is coming, coming soon. Yeah, we'll that soon. <laughs> it's a little spicier of an episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, okay. And then I have to ask because when we left Switzerland, we were very curious about this. Did you prefer the Swiss Alps or the Italian Dolomites? Oh yes, which is it? Which one's gonna take the cake? We were very interested in hearing your opinion. 
Yeah, it was. I, so I thought it was such a unique opportunity to be able to experience the two of those back to back because they're known very much as the most beautiful mountains in Italy. And they're like right there, right next to each other. And so at first, when we got to Switzerland, experienced all of Switzerland, I was like, there's no way the Dolomites can be better than this, especially after what we saw with like Saxer Lokes and like Schaeffler Ridge and those epic, epic mountains. I was like, there's no way this is what I thought the Dolomites look like. And it's just right here. But then I went to the Dolomites and it was so magical and so beautiful in so many other ways. So I think my answer would be biased for which was better because Italy as a whole, I prefer because they also have like mountains and those coastal towns, but then mm-hmm. like Switzerland's mountains are just so epic. So I feel like I'm the worst because I can't say which one was better, but I will <laughs> say like Italy tips it over for me because the food, I love Italian food. You <laughs> don't want to eat roasty every day for the rest of your life. <laughs> that was the thing we found in Switzerland. It was like every meal we would get to a chalet, sit down, what's on the menu? <laughs> and barley soup hey i was a big fan or... of the roasty i remember everyone else was like no more roasty and i was like honestly i could go for one right now 24 potatoes yeah. <laughs> that's a good way to put it yeah okay cool. it was good it was good <laughs> yes i'm excited for you guys to go to the dolmites though and then let me know which you think is better Yes, we'll definitely have to go back. We're planning on spending next fall there. Well, depending on Switzerland or the Dolomites. But yeah, we'll definitely make it out there 100%. But planning for next year is really hard because it's like, okay, the world's finally like basically fully open again. And then prioritizing like, do we want to do national parks? Do we want to do states? Do we want to do countries? Do we, where do we want to go? How much time do we have? And then I, I don't know if you feel this way. I feel like we're in this awkward situation where we can't plan too much because you never know what's going to pop up because our jobs as content creators are so flexible. Like we can have a brand reach out and be like in two weeks we want to send you on a road trip through switzerland it's going to be you're gonna we need these deliverables and you're like this is an amazing opportunity i want to do this but but if you have something planned yeah, you can't do it but we booked a trip to new zealand instead like what do, what do we do i we're paying for the entire trip to new zealand it'd be awesome content or we could get paid to go to this other destination that's it's like not as high or the other thing is like setting boundaries right like we were chatting a little bit about this before too is like i said okay month of december and maybe like half of november we're not going to do any travel like we're going to take the rest of the year off enjoy the holidays whatever what happens in our inbox we start getting hey this tourism board wants to work with you and pay you to come here even though we were just there earlier this year and then like hey this client wants you to work on their holiday campaign i'm like oh like it's such a hard thing to like turn off the content the travel content business brain and give yourself a break but then you also have this it's just such a dichotomy of like wanting to travel all the time and wanting to take a break yes yes I've been feeling that so strongly recently too especially I feel like every time I set foot back in the U.S. versus being international like all these brands and opportunities come in my inbox because everyone's like U.S. only but it's been so many opportunities coming in And it's so tricky because it's like, this is our passion. We all authentically love travel and experiences and hiking so much, but it's also like, it's something that we want to last for a long time and not just right now. And so I've had to start saying no to opportunities that typically would be a dream, but I realized that I already have so much on my schedule and I want to give myself that in-between time sort of too. So I've been going through the same thing of like saying no to things that maybe 
aren't paid or aren't as aligned and knowing that something better will line up or will will fall into place but also like things are just so up in the air because basically I've planned through like mid-November and for after that like I just had an email pop up that's like hey do you want to come to the French Alps at the beginning of December and I'm like oh my gosh yes I was planning to go to New Zealand but like I'm down like nice <laughs> that'd be so sick yes I literally I can't believe it <laughs> that's awesome yeah we're like it's our birthdays coming up and then it's Thanksgiving. Well, my birthday's on Thanksgiving actually. And then it's the holidays. So we're like, okay, it's going to take a really good gig to get me to break my December travel fast, which we might, we might have one that we're still going to take, but at least it's not going to be every day of the month. Like it was this month, this month has been crazy. And that's why I was like, full-time travelers don't get a lot of credit where they're due in terms of that department because I don't think we could travel full-time like I would get way too tired I definitely get burnt out and like we'll we'll have like a couple days in between gigs this month but we're still shooting things so it's like we got back from a we were in Tenerife in the Canary Islands and then we were in Connecticut and then we were in Michigan lasted or just barely made out of a blizzard then we had to immediately land next day shoot three different cars for two different car companies drive them back turn it around within 24 hours go to mexico for five five days five days come back have to do another car company which then ended up not coming and then we had to go to where did we just come back from oh yeah vegas and then we were just in vegas we just came back this morning so it's been like a whirlwind of a a month which is great for business it's awesome but it's also like very exhausting on the body (laughs) Yes, it really is like full-time travel. People don't realize like it's such a dream to do that, but it's also like the act of traveling and actually traveling, I think is the worst part of travel is like going through airports and security part of it, you know, and weather. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Mana laughs because she knows we were just in a hurricane and a blizzard in the same week. We could make a whole podcast episode and just name it the weather we experience. It would be every every trip of the year minus the Middle East and Vegas. Actually, this last Vegas? week did not rain for the first time all year since February. It was delightful. It was there was no rain. The weather was perfect. No soon, no snow. No wind. It was it was incredibly dry. So both of us were dying. I almost had like two nosebleeds. But it was, oh other than that, it was. It was a beautiful, beautiful area. Oh, uh, it was too dry. But <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we have two questions left for you. So after all of your travels, go- how many countries have you been to now? Uh, 30, actually. 30. 30. I thought that Liechtenstein was going to be my 30th country when we were on that hike. But turns out I had like miscalculated it. And Switzerland was my 30th. So oh, that was oh, a good one. So cool. Yeah, yeah. So after traveling to those 30 different countries what is your best travel hack you think to from packing to first thing you do when you get to a destination traveling like what what do you think is your biggest hack oh yes so my biggest hack like something that I think has really really helped me this year from all the different types of countries that I've gone to from like so this year I went to every continent except for Africa the continent of Africa and Antarctica, which I love to go to, but across all these different places, I've found that when I arrive to a destination, I try to just like be an observer. Like I don't, I don't, I try to not create content. I try to not like impose myself too much, but instead like observe what's going on and really try to understand the cultural norms and how to fit in as a travel. Like I try to not stick out as much as possible. 
which I think is like the way that I look has been helpful for some of the places because people can't tell where I'm from and it really bothers them, which I've found like people will start talking to me and I, I don't understand what they're saying because I look like local in a lot of countries, but that's a huge hack I would say is when you get to a new place, like sort of try to just like observe and take it in. And I feel like that's what's been able to give me a lot of the deeper travel experiences is when I go to a cafe, I just listen to all the people in the country, like what they're saying and, and what's happening and sort of the local banter and local conversations. And those moments have really given me the most fulfilling uh, looks into what's going on in the country and, and like the culture and the norms in that country, which I feel like can also come from a more of like a slower pace of travel, which I don't have experience with and I haven't done before, but I definitely feel myself wanting to get more into is like truly understanding the culture of the places that I go to. So that would be my tip. And also packing light, like it's, it's been so game changing, like doing carry on and backpack only, we which is hard. That. Like, yes. Yeah. It's hard when you're like, your backpack is all gear and you only have the suitcase basically, but it's been so game changing for mobility as a traveler. Like every time I travel and I would have a large suitcase in the past and I'm in Europe going up and down staircases with this 50 pound suitcase. And I'm like, why did I do this to myself? But packing as light as possible, game changing. And I would so strongly recommend it. Like you more than likely don't need all the outfits that you think you do. Like right? I think It's hard, it's especially so, for women. It's so yes. hard packing light as a content creator. It yeah. is like, you need I, outfits, it is you the need most cameras. difficult thing, but like out of all my, I think maybe 75% of what I, I might be different for G because I bring all the like camera equipment and hard drives and mic and extra stuff that we bring. So I feel like seven, 60 to 70% of my bag is all just gear, gear. and 30% <laughs> is like, okay, what kind of small clothing can I cram into this bag? See, we're the same thing for like five days in a row. No shame though. Like I I, on the other hand. I have certain things that I need to pack a lot of like socks. I hate wearing socks. over, <laughs> over again. Like it's like a pet peeve of mine. I cannot wear the same socks. That was the last the thing I thought no you were way. <laughs> I just can't, but like Wait. sports bras, for example, I don't care if I wear them every day, like whatever, but like socks. No. Did you know that I only had two pairs of socks my whole two months in Europe? Mana, <laughs> no. I do had sandals know. though, I guess like it's fine. But like hiking socks if you were like in switzerland like i cannot wear the same pair of socks more than two days in a row <laughs> no one noticed <laughs> i know i was like oh no, but no that was definitely a mistake on packing on my part i was like why did i not pack more socks but then like <laughs> my ego too wouldn't let me buy socks because i was like i have so many socks at home i'm not gonna <laughs> any more socks and so I was stuck with two pairs of socks for two months <laughs> I'd rather wear this aim shirt every day and have different pairs of socks oh is what I kept the conclusion of but anyways see when I just started doing the carry-on thing because we've been going to warmer destinations so like in Vegas and Mexico we only did carry-ons and man it is so nice we would also say like global entry and TSA pre-check have saved a lot oh, okay. that's always a big fans a good one too yes, all right last question we asked this to everyone so what is the most exciting thing that you've ever done it can be anything so skydiving food experiences crazy parties climbing up volcanoes we've heard I'm just done like most of the stuff yeah that he's listening so I'm, I'm always interested because something crazy to me is completely different than Giselle and probably completely different than you so I'm always interested in what everyone says 
Oh, that's such a fun question. So I think for me, mine is skydiving. Like I love that feeling of skydiving. It like when I was a kid, I always had dreams of flying and just like that true, true freedom. And I think skydiving is what has given me the closest to that freedom. You mean and not so- the canyon swing? No. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys don't know, terrifying. we did a canyon swing. We were in interlocking and it was so much fun. I love those kind of things. They're like the adrenaline activities, but Mana was like about to shit her pants you have to you have to go watch her youtube video we were driving home from santa barbara and g was like oh mana posted a youtube video i'm gonna go watch her so we watched the youtube video and when it got to the canyon swing part both of us lost it there i was cry laughing it was so funny it was so bad there was one rule the guy like the instructors they were like the one thing you shouldn't do is go head first and i think i fixated on that and like literally head first and it was terrifying because the ground <laughs> was right under me and she was like your scream was louder than anyone else like i was <laughs> terrified it was the sort of thing where the only reason i did it was actually pure pressure pure like, pressure <laughs> i bought the tickets and mana couldn't go back it was a 10 out of 10 <laughs> But Giselle was living for it. She was like, yes, this is my moment. <laughs> like, say, the, the compilation of everyone jumping is really funny. But yeah, that's, I was going to say, skydiving is scarier for me than that was, I think, for sure. Yeah, like, I don't hard. really, I've done it all. Like the hang gliding, bungee jumping, skydiving, canyon swing now too. Like skydiving, I don't know if I'd want to do like multiple times. Really, yeah. For me, it's like flying. We got Stephen. You've got to skydive. You've got to. Oh, oh we will. She'll take you. Do you think that. that you're gonna try and get skydiving certified someday? Like every country you go to, try and do a jump, or like I know that Sam Colder. Like I think it's. It, I, at least I think from like a content perspective, whenever you see like two people jumping, it's like, oh, that's cool. But as soon as you see like the single person jumping out of an airplane, you're like, oh shoot, that it's they're all alone out there. Yeah, it's really like next level and you're like, whoa, but I don't know, for me, my friend Jaro traveled with Jaro, he just got skydive certified and told me about the full experience and it seemed really, really, really cool. But for me personally, I, I like the trust of like having someone right really doing their, like, I think that's good for me. Like I'm, I'm an adrenaline junkie, but I'm not like, I don't think a I'm that stupid adrenaline junkie. <laughs> yeah, I saw Sam Colder just posted his thing of him like ace jumping. ace jumping and his like experience going into it and how he was like freaking out. He's like, this is insane. What am I doing? Like, <laughs> that was absolutely wild. I was watching that and my heart was racing for him. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> I was like, and then I wonder if he will look at me the same way when I'm like about to go bungee jumping or something. And it's like, Ah, interesting I just I just really put a lot of trust into this rope you know yeah, Literally, yeah. <laughs> anyway thank you so much for being on our podcast I'm sure you inspired a few of our listeners with your fun story do you want to tell all of them where they can find you on all your different platforms yeah so I'm mana travel across social media I basically say it's like Moana with an a and then a secret h in the middle like mana travel. <laughs> Um, and yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. This was so much fun and I can't wait for the next adventure. 